Welcome to the Birth Lounge Podcast, an empowering space for expecting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Birth Lounge Podcast. I'm so excited to be spending time with you again because today's topic is so, so good. We're going to be talking about bias in the birth room. I was recently on a podcast, the Birth Workers Podcast, hosted by my friend Kylie, and we talked all about, from the dualist perspective, bias in the birth room, and I have been receiving a ton of DMs from that episode from doulas talking about one particular sentence that I said, which was, non-bias does not exist. Unbiased care is not a thing. What we're really looking for is non-judgmental care and support from our providers, and that's what we're going to dive into today. So, like I said, Unbiased care does not exist. It is not a thing. When you think about biases, everybody has them. From doctor recommendations to the regulations that dictate what your doctor recommends to research that we follow, dependent on who funds that research and who then comes through it to make it what they want it to be to big pharma, how they advertise, where they advertise, whom they advertise to, all the way right down to unit culture at your hospital, right? Each room that you walk into is going to have a set care team, and each of those care team members are going to bring their own biases to the table, from how they were trained to experiences they've had good birth stories they've seen, and the really bad ones as well. Unbiased humans don't exist. And so it's really an unattainable goal to try and find unbiased medical care. Your doctors, your nurses, your friends, your family, strangers in the supermarket, stranger on the internet, they all have biases. So what are you supposed to do? Well, I think we make that shift from the goal is not unbiased care, but it's non-judgmental care. The goal is to work with a provider who can check their biases, are aware of their biases, and can still deliver really great care. 
When we think about what doctors do, most people will tell me, well, they're there to keep you safe. And if we think about safety in the birth room, it's not just about physical safety. Now, should that be prioritized? Of course, duh. But we also have to consider things like emotional safety and mental safety. What is that person's nervous system doing? Are they totally dysregulated because instead of sitting down and speaking calmly and slowly in between contractions to explain to them that their baby has had some concerning hiccups in their heart rate and you just want to do a little bit more monitoring. Instead, you're standing above that patient. You're not talking to them. You're only talking to the nurse. You guys are talking about scary dips and no one has once included that patient who is in fact overhearing this conversation does understand to some extent what scary dips mean and now her nervous system is on the fritz and we're wondering how she walked away with birth trauma because she and her baby are both alive which the healthcare profession often considers that healthy baby healthy mama just because someone's alive we all know does not mean it was in fact a healthy birth and it certainly doesn't mean there was no trauma involved. Doctors have the obligation to do no harm and I think that somewhere along the way it's been lost in translation to just mean keep these people alive but we're not considering all the other faucets and how birth trauma can actually occur to somebody. I was recently at the AWAN conference, which the, is the Association for Women's Health, Obstetrics, and Neonatal Nursing, and I went to a seminar, a talk on birth trauma, and the three things that we know cause birth trauma are probably not the things that you think. A lot of people think it is connected to bad outcomes or if shit really hits the fan in their birth or maybe a really, really long labor that lasted days and was super painful and then ended in an unwanted C-section. And while those are all really valid reasons for birth trauma, that's actually not what the data suggests are the top three reasons for birth trauma or overarching themes that we see pop up in every single story that has birth trauma in it. And those three things are being dismissed, having distress, and not having that explained to you, and then feeling dehumanized by either medical professionals or the treatment you were being given. What is really scary to me or sad is that these things are avoidable. We can avoid so much of this birth trauma that occurs by simply centering our patients and their preferences and being mindful that, yes, they are there to have a baby, but underneath all of that, that's a human that has a brain and has working memory and will then go home and either stew on this for days, weeks, months, years, or spiral like so many of us do. I think anxiety is something that we can all relate to, especially nowadays. And to know that there are things that we can do for our fellow humans in the birth experience to decrease anxiety and improve their postpartum experience and to improve the feelings that they feel when they think about their birth experience, I mean, what if it really does come down to 
being the difference of having a positive birth experience or a negative one. And we could avoid that for our fellow humans. It's really, really, really important that you as patients, like the provider that is delivering your baby, feel comfortable and confident in the care that you're receiving in the clinic or in your prenatals and that you're meshing well with your nurse. We know that just one of those relationships can be off and it may impact your entire pregnancy and labor experience. We also have to keep in mind that Today's nurses and doctors are not trained for physiological birth many times. They are, in fact, all trained for emergencies. And we have to think about and consider how that impacts their decision-making skills and therefore impacts the care that you receive. If you are someone who is trying to have an unmedicated vaginal delivery with as little intervention as possible... It is really important, I want to reiterate that, it is really, really, really crucial to your birth experience that you find a provider that is aligned with you. For someone with those type of goals, you're not going to want to go to an obstetrician that, well, you may not want to go to an obstetrician at all. You should probably consider midwifery-led care. But if you choose an obstetrician, you're going to want to find an obstetrician that has a very low C-section rate. Well, what's a low C-section rate? Well, our average in our country is about 33%. So anything below that, you're starting off really, really great. The closer to 20 to 25% that you get is really awesome. And then anything less than 20 is amazing. If you find that your provider kind of beats around the bush or says that they don't know their particular numbers, you should take that as a red flag. That would mean that that professional is a surgeon and is not keeping up with the amount of surgeries that they are doing, especially in a population of people who are almost always likely to be trying to have a vaginal delivery. It matters too, I stumbled over that because it popped into my head that it matters the population that your doctor sees. If you're a low-risk person hoping for a low-intervention birth, you would not be appropriate for a high-risk provider. High-risk providers, and in conjunction with being an obstetrician, which is a surgeon, their C-section rates are naturally going to be higher. And we can assume that their threshold for what they feel comfortable with is going to be much lower because, unfortunately, they don't get to see many low-risk pregnancies unfold just as we expect them to and result in a happy, positive, unclimatic, very uncomplicated labor. High-risk doctors deal with high-risk situations, and so you're going to have high-risk results from that. You have to think about how these things are impacting the care that you're given and therefore impacting the birth experience that you will have, which then bleeds over into the results that you get, whether that be vaginal or C-section or being induced or having an assisted delivery with something like forceps or a vacuum. I recently shared something on my Instagram stories, which if you're not following me over there, please head over there and do at Tranquility by Hee Hee. This is where I interact with the majority of 
you guys, and it is where I give my best work. I love Instagram. I think the format is really fun. I think pictures and short form videos and reels are my all-time favorite, and I also think that their messaging is the best. So um, that sounded kind of like an Instagram ad, and it certainly is not. It definitely has its flaws. It's incredibly censored, and they do not support uh, birth being shown on Instagram. I'm always having posts and pictures taken down, uh, which is incredibly annoying. But as far as social media goes, I do like Instagram. It's where I spend the most of my time. But I recently posted something on my stories that said you're allowed to disagree with your partner and, and choose different things and have different hobbies and have different thoughts and, and ideas and beliefs and still remain respectful within your relationship. And I thought it was really interesting. And of course, I reposted it and put a little twist on it to apply to your healthcare providers because the same is true. You're allowed to disagree with your provider and choose something different than their clinical recommendations. And you're allowed to have different thoughts and beliefs and goals and preferences for your birth than what they typically see that's okay and it's not a knock against you or them but the question is and this is the defining question of do I stay with this provider or do I go find a different provider who is more aligned with me you do not want care from a mismatched aligned provider the question is do they move through these decisions with me or against me? Are they able to put their goals and their preferences and what makes them comfortable or they like their people to birth on their back because it's easier or they prefer their people to have an epidural because they don't have to come in as often or whatever it may be. Are they able to put that aside and say, but you have a preference for being ambulatory, so up and moving, for having an unmedicated birth, for using hydrotherapy, for not being on your back for either labor or birth, can they put their preferences aside to honor the things that you want to do and have done in your birth? I don't know. And these are questions that you're going to need to ask in your prenatals. I have a guide to questions you should ask your, your physician or your midwife to see if they are appropriate for your care or if you would be better suited with someone that has a little bit different belief system or approach. Um, I'll link that in the show notes for you. That's available typically in the Birth Lounge for our members. Uh, but I feel like it's so appropriate here that I'll put it in the Birth Lounge uh, podcast show notes for you so that you can have access to, to that too. It's just 10 questions and I recommend really sitting down um, and it may feel silly to bring a notepad and pen, but Asking questions to healthcare professionals, especially in the beginning of your pregnancy, can feel really daunting. And I want you to really sit down and have a discussion with them because I think you deserve that. You deserve to know the philosophies and, and, and preferences and beliefs and about their personal practice, about the, the person who is going to be giving you care in your prenatals and hopefully attending your labor. 
at some point in your pregnancy, you will meet other providers in the practice that you're being seen by most likely. Do not be afraid to have a list of what I call no-go providers where I had them in a prenatal and they were not great. I left feeling really crummy and I did not appreciate their tone of voice or the words that they used or their approach or you know, their blanket statements when they have never seen me as a patient before. I prefer not to have care from them. When you check out, when you leave that day, have the front desk people make a note in your chart that you do not consent or you revoke consent to be seen by that provider. It can be super helpful, especially if you are rocking and rolling in labor and shift changes and this provider that left you feeling icky after your prenatal shows up, this is almost always going to cause a disruption to your labor because you've tripped that fight or flight. You remember that this person, ooh, they are not safe or ooh, they made me feel yuck. Your body's going to pick up on that because cortisol has just been released from your brain because we activated your fight or flight and cortisol is a direct antagonist to oxytocin which we need for labor and controls those contractions. So think about that. Unbiased care does not exist. Unbiased humans do not exist. Unbiased health professionals do not exist. I am not unbiased. I have my biases. I have the things that I know work best for the majority of families. But you know what you have? The expertise about your preferences and your goals, and your lived experiences, and what you think is going to work best for you, and eventually your baby. And I trust that. And you deserve a a professional, a doctor, a midwife, and your nurses, and your doulas, and your lactation professionals, and your pediatricians, anybody that you interact with that gives you care, you deserve for them to be able to set those biases aside and instead provide you non-judgmental care. To recognize that space that you are allowed to engage in informed refusal and you're allowed to choose something different. And their job is to help you make decisions that will not only keep you safe but also honor the preferences that you've set forth and you've asked them to honor. So... Keep that in mind when you are headed into your prenatal appointments. Don't be afraid to be that girl that brings the notebook and the pen and the paper. Don't be afraid to be the partner that goes with them and asks the questions and and says before the doctor walks out of the door, honey, are you done with the questions? Did you get everything answered that you wanted to today? And, And if your doctor doesn't stop, don't be afraid to say, oh, Dr. Stevenson, do you mind waiting just one second? It It looks like we still have a few more questions. If we could just have a few more minutes of your time. It's okay. Our doctors are busy and they're working within a really broken healthcare system that has a lot of demands and a lot of really silly red tape that they've got to check off or they have to get through in order to get their job done. And sometimes, unfortunately, patients just become 
forgotten almost or another checkbox to check off. And so it's okay to bring your doctor back and uh, give them a little bit of a gentle and nice reality check of, hey, I'm a patient on your table asking for your support, asking for answers, wanting to engage in that shared decision making and that discussion of helping me find the best option for myself. I'd like your help in that. If they refuse to do that or if they don't have the time or if they aren't able to make the time, it is probably a really good idea to change providers because I can tell you there are doctors out there who will spend as much time as they possibly can with you and answer every single question and be attentive and know your goals and honor those goals. I work with these doctors every single day. It takes a little bit of a digging process to filter them out because obviously we all know not all doctors are like this, but there are a lot that are. Go out and find them because you deserve better care. All right, you guys, I'm so excited to be hanging out with you again today. This was super fun. We always have great conversations and I hope I got your wheels turning. I hope that throughout this conversation, you could think about your own provider and your intuition spoke to you, whether it be, oh, my doctor is not a good, uh, you know, not a good match for me. They're misaligned or wow, I'm so aligned with my provider and I'm really glad that I have found them. I'm starting to get really excited for my birth. That's where we want everyone to be. So if you were the former feeling misaligned with your provider, change providers. If you want help in that, email our team at tranquilitybyhehe at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on Instagram at tranquilitybyhehe. You can check out other episodes of the podcast on Spotify or any other live streaming platform or our YouTube channel. Until next time, bye you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining The Birth Lounge, you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge. You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident. Nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. As always, please consult your healthcare provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast. Side effects may include educated adults, informed decision-making skills, and consensual care. Tranquility by Hee and the Birth Lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast. The birth parent deserves all the credit.